Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric and I am the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21, on Instagram at ETOF21Sports underscore for free daily horse racing picks at ETOF21Sports underscore horse underscore racing for fantasy football advice at ETOF21Sports underscore fantasy on Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok at ETOF21 and Make sure to please like and subscribe to my Twitch and YouTube channel at Etoff2Sports. I am literally all over the place. We have a phenomenal show for you tonight. Before we get into the landscape of the show, I want to say if you guys do not have a points bet account, download the app on your initial deposit. Use promo code ETOF21. That's E T O F T 21. That way they know I sent you and you'll get a 100% match deposit up to 2K. Wow. So the first thing I need to ask everyone before we hop into the show, we have a great show for you today. Brandon's going to be looking to go for three NASCAR wins in a No, excuse me, four NASCAR wins in a row. He's been absolutely killing it. He came out the each off 2-1 sports show last week, gave out a 5-1 to three-team parlay, which was absolutely money. He's going to come on, like I said, talking to NASCAR, trying to go for four winners in a row. Jim, 3-1 ATS last week in his XFL picks. He's coming on. And David, him and I went 3-1 in our NFL picks. He's coming on. Phenomenal show for you lined up. But guys, first, Jesus, we need to talk about Thursday night football. This product sucks. I mean, they need to do a better job, like, getting these games or doing something i honestly i would i kind of want them to get rid of it i mean they're obviously not because they just signed this big deal with amazon prime that's broadcasting the games but jesus this product the last two weeks has been god awful granted the teams haven't been that good and but then is with the money involved there's no way they're going to get away with it my issues with the game i have a couple issues uh i'll start on the washington commander side the DB that was defending um, Samuel last night had allowed 23 receptions on 24 targets. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm going to be going at that guy all day. Curtis Samuel didn't get his first target until midway through the second quarter. That's unacceptable. Absolutely, positively unacceptable. You need to take advantage of that matchup against that cornerback working out of the slot. Scott Turner has his job because he's son of North Turner. North Turner's buddies with Ron Rivera. You should not get your job because you're a good old boy, and that's why Scott Turner has it. Scott Turner should not be an offensive corner in the NFL. Proved that when he was with the Carolina Panthers, and he's proven that now when he's with the Washington Commanders. And this season's going to be a wasted season. Ryan Fitzpatrick, props to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've been saying it for a while. He's not using his players the way they need to use, they should be used. He just runs his scheme. He doesn't play to the strength of the players. It's part of being a good coach is playing to the strength of the players. He doesn't do that. He needs to be let go during this mini buy. If he doesn't, it, it's a wash. And Carson Wentz only throws for 99 yards against his Bears defense. I am sorry. This Bears defense is in the Bears defense from a couple years ago. This defense can be thrown on and you can put up yards on it. That is absolutely a p- unacceptable, putrid, absolutely putrid game plan. They were forcing the ball to Brian Robinson. And I get it, you want to get him going. 
But you have Curtis Samuel against that guy. You got to work that. You got to work him underneath. That was an absolutely putrid game plan. And if I'm Rivera, I'm firing Scott Turner today. But he's not going to do it because he's friends with his dad, which is an absolute farce. Number two, let's look at the Bears. Bears had what? Three times inside the five and didn't score a point? Three times inside the five-yard line, and they failed to score. Let that sit in. And first of all, before I dive into my Bears breakdown, can all the Herbert should be playing over Montgomery? Can that just kind of stop? He had one big run. You take that out. He's averaging a buck eight. A buck eight yards per run. That's not going to come here. Montgomery's at four and a half. In fact, I'm going to say it. Montgomery should be rushing the ball 20 times a game if this Bears team has any shot of winning. Fields is just still making the same mistakes. I say it all the time. A quarterback needs to make the jump from the first year to the second year. If he's making the same mistakes in second year, that's not it. We can see it with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence got the coaching he needed from Doug Peterson, and he's not making the same mistakes that he did last year. So he's heading in the right direction. Justin Fields, I said it when they hired Eberviews. They should have brought in Joe Brady, someone that could develop Fields. Fields is not getting the development he needs. And the Bears are going to be in an interesting situation this offseason. What are you going to do with Fields? Because he wasn't the pick of this coaching staff of the general manager. So do you look to move him? If you can move him for what? Um, I, I just, this quarterback class is supposed to be good. I don't know. It's always hard to tell like how kids are going to transfer from college to the NFL. No one knew Allen was going to be this good. And no one knew Mahomes was going to be this good. So it's always, like, you know, it's always hard, like, which ones are going to hit. But I'm going I'm to say it right now. What I'm seeing from Justin Fields, he's still making the same mistakes, so he's not processing the information. Um, so that's a worry part for me. The lack of playmakers is just insanely worrisome. When Dante Pettis is your leading receiver with four for 84, that ain't it. Darnell Moody, he's not a number one wide receiver, and Cole Komet shouldn't be in the league. It's that simple for the Bears. This offense is putrid. You know, this is the first time they did get outscored in the second half. But like I said, you have three times inside the opponent's five, and you're not putting any points. You're not going to win absolutely positively anything. So, yeah, both these teams are trending in the in the uh, in a bad direction. Bears obviously need to make a decision what they're going to do with Fields moving forward. I I love Montgomery. I think he should be touching the ball 20 times a game. In terms of the Commanders, you got to. When are we going to see Sam Howell? I mean, that's where we're at right now because Carson Wentz ain't it because of what's going on. I mean, maybe they change offensive coordinators with some light in it. Obviously, I told everyone at the beginning of the year to bet Antonio Gibson rushing under prop. Um, you know that. That's looking great. I really like the position they're in for that. Brian Robinson looked good. Great to see him back on the field. But, yeah, ugly game. Hopefully, Cardinals-Saints is a little bit better. Um, next week, we made some money, though. We hit the Commanders. We hit the Robinson over. We lost the Samuel over again, and Scott Turner should be fired. That's my thoughts of the Thursday night game. We have a great show for you today. So let's jump right into it. And we've reached the part of the podcast where we're talking to the person that's probably seen the board better than anyone. He gave out a five to one three teamer on the ETOF 21 Sports Show on Tuesday. 
and he's giving out not one, not two, but three straight up NASCAR winners in a row. Brandon, how you doing today, man? man? We're cooking. It's getting cold out. Set the fire. Let's go. Feeling good. Feeling real good. I'm, I'm just I'm living I'm living it right now, and just hoping we can turn this turkey into uh into four in a row for the NASCAR weekend. Dude, yeah, you're you're doing well. You're seeing the board well, which is great to see. I know you put a lot of hard work into this. Um, so we're at Las Vegas. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, historically speaking, this has been like a Truex Kyle Bush trap. It has. Does that change your opinion going into this? It does not. I'm definitely leaning Toyota this week for sure. Um, I do want to do my homer bet, grab Chase Elliott to make the final four. Of course, I want to do that, but we're not going to. We're going to be leaning to the Toyota side this week. So I do have a Toyota winning. I usually don't bet manufacturer, but this week I'm absolutely grabbing a Toyota to win the race. Now, with that being said, I have two drivers, two drivers that I'm looking at, and I one of them is the exact same one as you. Um, which is no fun. But we don't talk beforehand. We just kind of do our thing. Uh, why don't you tell me who your first bet is? Because I, I only have two this week. So all day, I just told you I'm going to bet Toyota. But there is somebody that I am going to grab. Team Penske, Mr. Joey Logano at 14-1 to 1 to go into the Final Four. I would only mainly bet championship drivers or, excuse me, playoff drivers going into this week because if you win one of these next three weeks, you are locked into that championship race. So I'm a huge better over these next three weeks to grab a championship driver who is not going to race for stage points, who's not going to do anything until the final stage to put themselves in a guaranteed win. So my first pick is not a Toyota, even though I think a Toyota is going to win the race. I am grabbing Joey Logano at 14 to 1. I agree. I like Logano. Just looking at it, uh, last seven races, 8.4 average finish. Two wins in the last seven has led 13.5% of the laps. And like you said, he's racing for something. So, you know, I like Logano here too. Um, you know, I, I think I found him at 16 to 1. So, uh, yeah, I like Logano as also. I'm, I'm invested in Logano at 16 to 1. I didn't want to ask you, like, Hamlin is the big, heavy betting favorite, led the most laps here. Only one win, but average finish a little bit lower, 11.7. Are you are you buying the Hamlin hype? I'm not buying it. He can't get out of his own way right now. I think he'll have a strong finish. I think all Toyotas are going to be very successful this weekend. But um, I'm not buying Hamlin at 6-1. to one. It's way too low of odds. Um, a strong finish sets him up for the next two races. This playoff round fits Hamlin really well. He's good at all three of these tracks. Um, Martinsville being one of his strongest, which is the cutoff race. So I see him going in, in into this race, trying to grab some points just to kind of carry himself on. But uh, I'm not buying the hype at six to one. He's the ROI there is horrible. Um, now I have I have one more, but uh, I did want to ask you about my boy Kevin Harvick. No. No, is he just done? He's done. Is he just going he's complaining. through? He's complaining about NASCAR. Ever ever since he knew he wasn't going to make the next race, it's been parts, it's been this, it's been that, which have been horrible, can't lie. NASCAR did testing last week. They're changing the entire rear-end clip going into next season for safety safety reasons. 
You have Kurt Busch, who still hasn't returned. You have Alex Bowman, who just released a statement that he will not compete at all for the rest of the season. So now you have Kurt Busch, who's week to week and not going to finish. And then Alex Bowman comes out today after backing himself into the wall, just Mm -hmm. like Kurt, saying he's not going to finish the season. So you have two drivers that have backed themselves into a wall that aren't racing any longer this year. So hopes of Bowman that he gets better, but something, something's off there. Something's not making sense. And then for NASCAR to do crash testing strictly on the rear end and immediately coming back out after testing saying, we're changing this. Yeah. There's definitely gotta be something up. Bad on you guys. NASCAR. Sorry. So I have one more. And I mean, to me, when I saw this price, I immediately had to jump on it. I, Kyle Larson at nine to one. I mean, yeah. six races, average, fin- he has the best average finish to seven, one win, and he's led over those seven races the second most lap. So, in one lap less than everyone else, he's let one race less than everyone else, he's led the second most laps. Nine to one, I feel he's a little underpriced because he of is. him not qualifying. So, I think there's good value here at nine to one. No, I don't mind Larson at all. If you're going to grab Larson, jump on it. I'm personally not, but I do like the pick. And at nine to one, if I don't sprinkle as much as I think I will, then yeah, I'd absolutely grab him at nine to one. Now, I wouldn't be a, a NASCAR show unless you gave your boy some love. What what odds do you lock in Chase Elliott? <laughs> on the Homer, man, I'm going to bet on him every week. So I will have I will have Elliott at eight to one. Um, he's done well here. He's also had issues here. So I'm not expecting him to win. He's got a 31 point cushion going into this week. So he just needs to survive the first two rounds. He had a huge cushion Rex blown tires. Rex like has set him back. He had to win. He did all of that. So I see Elliot more on the conservative side of keeping that points cushion to take him to Martinsville to where he locks himself in based off of points and not a win. So I'm not on the Elliott bandwagon this weekend. As much as I'll be repping him, I can't do it. Yeah, so if you guys have noticed this, when the season started, we'd be head-to-head matchups, we'd be win bets, we'd be top tens. We had a very diversified betting card. But now as the season's dwindling down and stuff is getting tighter and tighter and tighter, we're becoming more selective. And we kind of suggest you guys do the same thing. You know, Brandon and I, you know, we aren't fools. We know that NFL runs this, runs the market. College football runs the market. You guys are probably betting more and more and more. Don't force the action. Small cards. Be smart. And let's make some money, dude. You know, Brandon, Brandon's going got, for the Grand Slam right now. I got three more for you. Oh, three more, dude. You're three. going deep, dude. Yes. So, yes. I mean, you already gave out Logano. You yeah, gave out Elliott. So, yes, I'm, I am personally betting Elliott. I think he's going to be more conservative, but if you want to sprinkle him, go ahead. But my next pick is the guy you mentioned early on who's very good at this track, Martin Truex at 12-1. to 1. Make sure you grab him before qualifying. Grab Truex 12-1 to 1 before qualifying. My long shots. I got two of them. Let's hear it. Chase, Chase Briscoe, who shouldn't even be in a playoff, after his teammate 
crew chief called a fake flat tire who is now suspended indefinitely, find $100,000. The driver himself, Cole Custer, find $100,000 to slow up the field to allow Chase Briscoe to pass five guys to get into the playoff and back Larson out of the playoff. Chase Briscoe at 40 to one. He's in the playoff. He knows that he's going to have to win one of these three races to even make the final four. They're going to be throwing every single dart at the board that you can think of to try and pull this one off. So 40 to one playoff driver, Chase Briscoe. We'll go down a little bit further. He's been trending so well week after week. You like him. You've bet him. Mr. Eric Jones at 80 to one. Ooh. After running as well as he had, the road course, hit or miss, fine. It's, it's a road course. It's a roll, whatever. But Mr. Eric Jones, who has been very, very strong over the last six weeks, 80 to 1. That, as I scrolled earlier, I'm like, who's sitting there? When I saw his name that deep, I, I mean, Ty Gibbs is 100 to 1, who hasn't shown anything to win a cup race. Eric Jones, who has won a cup race, 80 to 1. Just sitting there for you guys. So long, long, long short shot, horse, man, Eric Jones, 80 to 1. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yep. So great betting card, guys. Let's get hot. Let's stay hot. Let's see if we can keep things going in the right direction. Um, Brandon, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Boston Boy 83 on uh, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, Saturday night, 8.30. We will be on iRacing. My boy Pete Pellini, who has uh, been battling cancer for a while now. We're doing a fundraiser race for him. Um, your betting website will be on the truck, as always. And uh, it will be aired. It will be on Twitch, all of that. There will be a donation link if you guys feel like donating. So, uh Big shout out to Mr. Pete Pellini, and we're going to put on a fun show uh, Saturday night. Make sure to check that out. Send me the link, and I will tweet that out. Thanks for coming on, and, uh, you know, get hot, stay hot, my friend. We'll talk soon. Four in a row. Good luck, everybody. Well, we've reached the point of the podcast. We talked a little CFL and who better to come here for week 19. Season is flying by, Jimbo. How are you doing today, my man? The playoff picture is beginning to set, my friend. We already have two teams locked into certain positions. You know, and you you hit the Tiger Cats last week. You Boom. hit the, the Argonauts. Yep. And you hit the Red Blacks. A nice yes, solid one ATS. You know, you've been in Fuego the last couple of weeks. And, you know, as uh, my boy says... Get hot, stay hot. Um, now, certain team. Now, in terms of the playoff picture, how's this playoff picture look? Has there been teams that have been fully eliminated? When uh, Edmonton right now, the Elks officially last week are eliminated. They're the only team that is officially eliminated. Okay. Right. Um, now, in terms of capping their game this week against Toronto, how big of a factor do you put into that? So they've probably been playing like they've been eliminated for the last few weeks. That's kind of how I've been looking at it and capping them. Like they had, they were by far the longest shot to make it just because they still, like they had minuscule points compared to the other, to to the East teams that they would have gotten in over. 
they needed a lot to happen. So I feel like it doesn't change much. But Toronto, I is they basically have home field no matter what. They're just playing for a potential buy at this point. Now, has Toronto locked up the East? They have not locked up first place. Uh, if they like lose out and Montreal wins out, so like this week determines a lot. Um, I think there is a scenario where Montreal could still snag first place, but Toronto, no matter what, is either first or second. Now let's bring up the lines via our friends over at Points Bets. And let's let's start with the previous mentioned. We started with Montreal. You said Montreal could catch them. They're laying three and a half on the road against the Red Blacks. We know the rule. Red Blacks can't win to save their life at home. Over under 47 and a half. Uh, we, oh, dude, look at this. We got uh, points bet. Put a little put a little overtime work in, dude. Ooh. Yes. So we have first half money line, points point, uh, point spread at two for the first half, and over under of 23. Anything here uh, getting you uh, excited? Yeah, I like Montreal minus the three and a half. Anything under like four. When the, uh, when the Red Blacks are at home, fade them. It's easy. Now, in terms of the over under the first half, you got anything or eh, not really? Not for the first half. Maybe dabble on the over overall, but like I, it's hard. This Montreal team's weird, so I don't like playing totals with them. Okay. Okay. But I like the spread. That's my that's my bread and butter with it. This is maybe my favorite game of the weekend. And I also need to ask you, like. How does it feel to lay 23 points and you look down and you see a score in a football game is 70 to 13? Uh, Temple, we discussed it. Temple might be, they're like a bottom four college football team. So we're recording this on Thursday night. You know, my bet was West Virginia plus three and a half in a straight up win. I'm sweating out a 19 yard, a 22 yard field goal attempt, which I think this kid's going to airmail. Jim's sitting on a 17 to 13 winner right here. Dude, that that was the tightest field goal attempt. Like the kid, like strolled up to hit it. I've never seen a kid. Be uh, Baylor's gonna return it for a touchdown, so you're gonna get fucked either way. Uh, all right, so wherever the CFL, uh, Jim's on Montreal minus three and a half. Nothing. Maybe it wouldn't like it wouldn't be the worst thing if they come out firing at half. I, it's it's hard. Like maybe sprinkle like a little bit on the Montreal on the uh, Ottawa first half money line. I just don't trust um, them to win a full game at home. Just, they're just untrustworthy. Um, oh, and seven. They haven't won since, like, I think they're, like, nine in a row. They're, they're a crazy stretch of home losses. Um, Now let's go to the Calgary Stampede. Laying seven and a half against the Tiger Cats. Wow, that's a big number. Over under that's a big number. The Ticats are weird, though. Ticats are weird. The Ticats are playing for a lot, too. Like, they're still not guaranteed to be in a playoff spot. And what about so, the Stampeders? Stampeders are either locked into second or third place. It's basically them and BC are all locked into the playoffs. It just depends on who gets home field advantage at this point. So both teams are kind of playing for something. Yeah, the Stamps Let's- are playing for home field advantage. The Ticats are picking it up. They're looking better. 
I, the Stamps look really good. The Stamps right now look like the second-best team in the CFL easily. That defense and offensive line are stunning. Jake Mayer is looking good. Ugh, it's a lot of points. I like the over in this game. You like the over? I like the over in this game. Right. And you know what? I want to go back to the well, but that's an old tie cats thing. That's an old tie cats where I want to take Hamilton first half money line. But that's the old tie cats where they would come out first half and disappoint in the second half. Seven and a half is a lot of points. I might sprinkle on the tie cats, but every time I think that the Calgary Stampeders are going to play in a close game, they blow them out. Can the tie cats score enough points to hit this over? I think so. Like Dane Evans has shown that like, He's kind of better at this point in the year. He's shown that he can score. And they have players like Tim White, Stephen Dunbar. Like, they have good players at the receiver position. It's just the Stamps defense is so damn good. Yeah. Um. So you're leaving the, – the over 49 is the only thing you like here. Like the over, maybe slight lean on the plus three and a half. But, I like, I like the Argos against the Stamps last – Last time they played, on October 1st, when the Argos played, I think the Argos are a better team than Hamilton right now, and the Stampeders completely shut them down. They didn't score a single offensive point. So, like, there is a scenario where Calgary just completely dominates this game and wins, like, 30-10. to 10. So, like, I slightly lean on the over. I like the over because I think Dane Evans is, like, this is his time of year where he likes to shine. But I just... Uh, maybe slightly on the over, slightly on the seven and a half. That's where I'm at right now. I'm on. This game's tough. This is a tough game. So there's no official bet in this game. This one's tough. Yeah. Okay. So um, now let's go to Toronto. Lane six. Elks getting six over under 50 and a half. First half. Elks are plus three over under 24 and a half. What say you, my friend? Dude, the Elks were so close to winning on the road last, last, the Elks, uh, sorry, at home. The Elks threw away a game to the Alouettes like a few weeks ago, and they got absolutely slammered by the Bombers, who are looking incredible at the moment. The Argos are still playing for that bye week. The Elks just got knocked out of the playoff. Maybe they're playing loose. Maybe they're playing free, but I, there might be a letdown scenario here. What's that so spread? What's that? Is that six? That's a sixer. Oh, God. That's a sixer, Jimbo. You know what? Give me the over in this game. I actually like the over in this one. You're going to take the over here. I, yeah. If I had to bet in this game, it would definitely be the over, too, my friend. I would, yeah, Edmonton's I would. defense isn't great. Their offense can be competitive. I might I might play this a couple, this game a little bit with uh, some daily fantasy, too. But oh. I like the over in this game. If anything, I do like Edmonton plus six. I don't like them to win, but plus six isn't bad. I like keeping it close against these teams. I like the plus six. I like the over here. If I were to get invested, that's what I would go to here. Um, Last game. The Blue Bombers. Getting two and a half. Now I know what you're thinking. The Bombers is dogs. What's not to love? They could be sitting a lot of people. 
they could be. They legitimately could be sitting. They have of- they have the bye week locked up. They have first place locked up. They could be getting like you saw it versus the Elks. I think they had three different quarterbacks throw a touchdown. Yeah, so so they could definitely be playing backups and like getting reps and whatnot for people in this game. Yeah, just BC geez. is still playing for home field advantage. Like if they win, if they keep winning, as long as they win and. Like if they went out, they get home field. So that's that's where BC's at. It's it's tough. I might take uh, a BC first half money line. I know it's minus money. It's minus one thirty, but I still like that. Okay. I might take. I like the minus one actually. It's minus one twenty. Give me BC first half minus one. Hey, and I'm just letting you know, West Virginia baby. They Got done it. Done. Hey, they got it Baylor they still got it hasn't won in uh, Morgantown. Um, so, you know what? Let's have a little fun here. Let's put together a parlay. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm I'm gonna start it off here. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take BC minus one for the first half. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna take BC minus one for the first half. And then I'm gonna go Toronto and the Elks. I'm gonna take the Elks money line for the first half. Here, I'm gonna take the over 49. And I'm gonna take fuck. I gotta do it. It's tough, right? I gotta do it, Jim. I gotta do it. I'm taking the red bull. I'm <clears throat> I mean, they could. There's a, there is a scenario where they cover this. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying they're going to cover. Montreal. I hate betting Montreal games because they're the most chaotic team on the fucking planet. I can't read them week to week. Hey, and, and they're still news. The Washington Commanders just scored a tutty. Yeah, I wish it would have been the first hey, one because I had and, I had a little I had a bet on who would score the first one in that game. Hey, and Jim, you know I saw on bet it. I bet on the Commanders, and there's no clapping going on right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Have some uh, So that this is my parlay, you know, plus fourteen eighty nine. If I were to bet on this game, this is how I would bet it. Um, I got a three teamer for you. You got a juicy. You you got a sexy three teamer. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over in the Montreal Ottawa game. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let, let me. Okay. 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 Let's reset. But let's reset because this is on YouTube too. People love seeing that beautiful mustache. Show it off. You're taking, you're taking the over. Over forty-seven and a half. Boom. I am taking the. Oh, sorry. I'm taking the Montreal minus three and a half instead. That's what I was doing in that game. Montreal minus three and a half. That's what I liked in that game. The over in the Toronto Edmonton game. And then I am taking uh BC first half minus one. For a respectable five forty, dude. Respectable five forty. A respectable five forty. Jimbo. I'll take that. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um you know the playoff I mean, dude, the playoffs are gonna be nuts. We're we're gonna we're gonna know a lot after this week, because I think there's, uh, we probably won't know anything. 
There's still so much up in the air. All right, so I'm looking at the standings right now. I mean, it's like right now. So right now the Riders are sitting where the Roughbacks could go in the East for the Tiger Cats. What was that? Like right now, if the playoffs were to start today, Tiger Cats are out. Yeah, it's it'd be the Argos, Alouettes, Rough Riders. So, yeah. So I, the Tiger Cats need the Tiger Cats need to win. They need to win out. Tiger Cats need to win. They need to win out. Or they need or they need Saskatchewan to drop a couple games, drop a game or two. They're, they're still seven tending. away. Jesus, I mean, dude, look at this. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. It's pretty oh, nuts. oh I, I'm not sharing the screen. I'm sorry. I'm just looking. Oh, at I'm the, seeing. I'm looking at the standings. So their road splits are terrible. Oh my god. Oh, they're the they're the complete opposite of Edmonton and Ottawa. Now, how do you like the balance of Winnipeg going seven and one, both at home and on the road? Here's my thing with Winnipeg. Now, this is just me. So we're in week 18, right? Week 19, right? Yep. There's 21 weeks, am I correct? Correct. And plus, they're going to have the best record. They're going to get a bye. Yeah, they're going to get a bye no matter what. Do you feel that with them starting to rest players so early, come playoff time? That's if they do. I don't know. Hypothetically, if they do, I think there could be some value fading them for the first half. Oh yeah, for sure. There's definitely value fading them in like first halves, I or maybe second halves because you never know. Like if they start Zach Kolaris, if they start their starters and then pull them, I don't know how they're going to plan on doing this. But I don't know. Winnipeg's a weird team at the moment. They're riding high. They're a little kooky. They're a little kooky. Uh, Jimbo, we got a big uh, weekend of college football. You and I are going to be talking on BTV on. Friday night, and then you and I are going to be doing our tailgate Saturday morning, and we're going to get a little spicy. We're going to we're going to try to do it with the Twitter space. This is a lot of techni- technological stuff that Uncle Rico is going to have to figure out. But you know what? Where there's a will, there's a way. Damn right. So I'd like to thank you for coming on. Want everyone give Jim a follow at XFL Jim on everything. I'll talk to you in a couple days, my friend. I'll see you in a couple days, buddy. So we're at the part of the podcast where David, a.k.a. Better DP 21 on Instagram and Twitter comes on. Him and I talk about our best NFL bets for the weekend. David, how are you doing today, my man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's Friday. Again, another payday. Looking to cash over the weekend. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, the big question is, did you have any investment last night? I did not. <laughs> if I was going to take any investment... It was going to be on the under in that game. And, man, did that just totally hit on every direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I those are two bad teams. Mm-hmm. Some bad coaching. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, those are just bad teams, bad coaching, um, bad game plans. The whole nine yards. Um, I did hit the commanders, so I am now uh-huh. – I'm creeping up on you. So we're just doing we're just doing this little contest between David and I <laughs> against the spread. I'm 24 and 13 now for 65%. What are you rocking at? 26 and 12. 
Oh, God dang it, dude. I, 68%. Oh, <laughs> God. All right, so the pressure's on. Pressure's on. I got to pick it up. Um, so we're going to go back and forth. We're going to be giving our best bets for the weekend. Uh, David's got one full game, one half halftime spread. I have one player prop, one full game spread. David, why don't you go first with your first bet? All right, thank you. Um, yeah, so... You know, I'm going to get started with the Ravens and Giants. Um, I really like this matchup uh, on the board this week. I think the number uh, has started to creep a, a lot more in the Giants' favor right now. Granted, you know, I I like where the Ravens were. They're obviously coming off a loss, going back on the road, um, playing the Giants. And the Giants, you know, had a lot to be, you know, thankful for last week, you know, overseas, beating Green Bay. Um, you know, they're sitting four and one or two and one at home. They know how to win at home. They're a home dog. The line was sitting at five earlier in the week. It's moved to five and a half that I've seen. I'd be interested if it really gets to six. I definitely think it's definitely the, the most value play on the board for full games over the weekend. Um, cannot sleep on the Giants right now. I mean, they've got a lot working for them. I really like where I'm looking at, you know, their rushing office is top 10 just outside the top five, number six in the league right now. Um, similarly, you know, they're middle of the pack in terms of their passing offense. Their defense, of course, leaves a lot to be desired. They're in the bottom tier, um, ranked just outside the you know top 20 teams. So, you know, I, I leave a lot to be desired on that end. But, you know, it's no different. Ravens rushing defense is, like, close to last in the league as well. So, I mean, if Giants are going to have any kind of edge in this game, it's going to be on the ground, in my opinion. Um, you know, their passing defense is really great sitting top 10 and, you know, Ravens are going to be able to, you know, put, they're not going to be stopped by the Giants defense, but they definitely, it's going to be a closer game than I think people realize. So, you know, my line's actually sitting more around a two, this is like creeping upwards to six. So I really like where that's at. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, giants plus five and a half at home. And the important thing to remember also with that is Martindale is the giants defensive coordinator. He's been with God. He was with the Ravens for four or five years, so he's familiar with Lamar, familiar with the tendencies, being around him all that time. Thank so you. yeah, uh, I like the Giants in that spot, and also you just beat the Bengals and you got the Browns on deck. I mean, it's a great situational spot and everything to take the Giants. So I like that one a lot. My next one, I'm going for five in a row with my baby Falcons. I mean, I absolutely love this team. Um. And I'll say it, I'm a little salty because I did bet them to win that the South bet. I think I got them to win the oh. South at 20 to 1. Yeah. They legitimately could be in the league. Could be, yeah. Um, I found an interesting tread. Teams on the West Coast that are playing on the East Coast again out of the 1 p.m. slot are 46% ATS. Um, the 49ers, you know – they played the Rams on the Monday night football spot, went out, played Carolina, Carolina, you know, fired their coach afterwards. Now they're on the East coast again. I just think it's a great situational spot. Kyle Shanahan as a favor is 40% ATS. And then you just kind of got to look at the trenches. Atlanta's going to look to run the ball. Bosa's out. Armstead is even with the team. Uh, Kinlaw is with the team, but he's not practicing. And their other defensive lineman, whose name I'm not even going to pronounce because I there's no way I can pronounce it. He's out, so it's it's possible they're going to be without their whole front four. Then Ward and Mosley are hurt in the backfield. 
back four, and they're at, at their third string left tackle. This 49ers team is beat up. I think they just want to get back to San Francisco. I like the Falcons here plus the five and a half. And I'll say it. I think in terms of offensive play calling, I think Arthur Smith is the best in the league, hands down. He understands when to push the pace, when to play moderate, and when to play slow to let his defense defense rest. I think with what he's able to do last year and this year with the talent that's on that team kind of speaks to how good he is. And once this team gets what it needs to get, I think they're live to be kind of like in an Eagle situation. Yeah. So I, I like the Falcons here plus the five and a half. I, I like it too. Every reason that you just named right there. And, you know, like uh, uh, it's, I like how you're kind of like, you know, you're going on your five, you know, just rolling with them. Right. You're just kind of like doubling down every time. That was, that's like me with the Cowboys. I feel like I could, Every single time I've come on the show in the recent weeks, I've been Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah. They have covered or won every single time. Um, you know, and the main thing that I always try to tell everybody, I'm like, NFL is a dog sport. It is not it meant to be a favorite sport. And what I really kind of love, actually, another trend number that you're going to appreciate here, um, <clears throat> home dogs are, are hitting off at a, you know, 56% ATS, you know, win percentage. So, you know, again, just another reason that I think, you know, teams like that we just named with Atlanta and the Giants at home are, are going to be covering machines for us. Yeah. Um, real quick, though, I need to ask you. Who I took in Cincinnati and Baltimore last weekend? Oh, you know, I was against no. you. What's oh, that? You, you, want... <laughs> you need for this Cooper Rush jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a size large. You can just you know <laughs> click that button and send it over here. <laughs> I mean, geez, dude. Cooper Rush is number one fan over there. Um, yes, I, I know you had the Bengals, but I'm an old man now, so I fell asleep. I didn't even see the end of the game. So I started. Oh, okay, I, I like that. You woke up to it. Okay. You know, sure. I you know I woke up to it. I woke up to a loss. So yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I'm old. Like, I usually fall asleep in the third quarter. Happy birthday, old man. You're good, though. You're good. Oh, thanks, dude. I've, I've reached the age where I need to start taking turmeric at night. So that's that's why. I, <laughs> that's where, that's where oh, I that's am. Funny. Um, What is your second bet? All right. Yeah. So as as you mentioned, right, I I gave out a lot of first half plays. You know, actually, I, I, I analyzed a lot of first half plays after we spoke last week. Um, I see one great first half play for this week. And that is actually kind of why I have the lead with the record that I do right now. So I wanted to give out a first half play that I really like here. Jets and Packers. I'm looking at this game um, across the board. I really like where it is. Packers at home. I'm taking Green Bay minus four out the gate. Um, my line sitting better than a touchdown in the first half for Green Bay. I, you know, Overall offense is there for them. It's just their rushing defense is absolute trash. Um, it's the only thing that they suffer. In. And, you know, last week I actually had Green Bay in the first half before they got, you know, crushed by the Giants in the second half. So, you know, ultimately I think the same thing could be true here at home. Uh, I think the I think the Packers actually are just going to come back and, and show everybody like, hey, look, that was a fluke and we're not going to give up a lead like that again where they had a two-touchdown lead on them going into the second half. So, I think similarly, this is what the first half is going to replicate for the Packers. Really love it. I mean, just a great situation. I think spot getting back at home, get right at home. 
again, you know, their numbers in terms of offense are rushing offense number three, passing offense number 13. Defensively, passing defense is just outside top 10, sitting at number 11. And rushing defense is the very bottom tier at number 30. So the, uh, you know, advantages for them are going to definitely be offensively uh, for them. And then obviously if they can bottle up the rush any way they can with the Jets, I mean, they don't really, you know, they should actually have a really good first half for themselves. So that's where I'm going to put my money for the second play. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, My next play, I am going to a... I'm going to a player prop, my friend. Um, I am going to the my boy Evan Ingram over 28 and a half yards receiving. Looking at it now, the Colts give up 56.2 yards receiving to opposing tight ends, which is the 11th worst in the league. No Shaq Leonard, so there's again going to be that hole inside the middle. Evan Ingram is fourth for the Jags with a 15% target share. He's averaging 34 yards per game. Last time they played, he had six for 46. He's a big part of the offense. Um, so I, I like Evan Ingram here. And I think he's going to have a positive game script for him to get those targets. And so I'll go him over 28 and a half yards receiving. All right. Um, like a matchup. Dude, I like it. I <clears throat> I don't know. I've been getting more and more into these uh into these player props, which is actually I don't know why. I mean that Kamara one was like a slam dunk last week. That was that was awesome. I think the my two best player props for the year, and I'm not I mean, I gave this one out on the show. I'll give it out here too. Um can you take a guess what team gives up the most yards? Per game receiving to opposing running backs. To opposing running backs? Yes. Seattle? The Kansas City Chiefs. Really? So two weeks ago, we hit Fournette over 21 and a half yards receiving. That happened on the very first play of the game that the Bucks had. Last week, we hit Josh Jacobs over 18 and a half yards receive it. That happened 10 minutes at 10 minute mark of the second quarter. I gave out on the show this week your boy Singletary receiving prop over. Yep. Dude, that opened up at 17 and a half. Wow. So, um, and he's a big part of the receiving game. So, yeah. You know, that's a free one for everybody. I, um, I don't know. Like, I think the there's definitely a hole in the Chiefs. Chiefs, and this is like, you know, everyone talks about um, what's it like trends and like, but no one looks at this. Like, this is a huge trend. Like, this is almost by a hundred yards. They're giving up more per game. I don't know. So this that's something to monitor the points per the the yards per game for for stuff. Like that. Like um, David, my man. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter? All right. Thanks. I appreciate everything. Um, yeah. Anybody, anytime you like to talk anything, look at my spreads, looking at any of the matches that you have in, in mind that you just want to get kind of a different perspective from a numbers perspective. Find me on Twitter at better DP 21 better with an OR. And yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Like always love being here. Thanks for coming on my man. And uh, you know, we're going to be here every single week. 
Uh, it is Friday. Did you did you have any action in baseball? I, I haven't done anything in baseball yet. I have nothing in baseball right now. Um, I was looking at it, and I'm I would have taken the Yankees. Like I, they just kicked off ahead of time. I would tell you that the one thing that I did look at across the board for tonight's game with Dodgers and Padres would be to take the Padres first five uh, on their money line. So that is the only advantage that I saw across remaining games for the day. I don't want to touch. I don't want to bet on my Braves and Philly game. I just, I want to leave that one to be, I don't want to be that invested, but I definitely think Braves have to win tonight in order to uh, have a shot to walk out of that series of winner. I am still salty. My Wheeler over five and a half didn't hit the other night, so I have no comment. Um, Hi, <laughs> <laughs> my friend. Until next week. Thank you, my boy. That's it for the podcast today, guys. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Reminder, the ETOF21 Sports Show is back live this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, on YouTube and Twitch. Blackjack Fletcher will be the special guest. Make sure to check that out. The chat room will be open. Also, reminder, I'm going to be on BTV a lot this weekend. Friday night, I'm going to be on their UFC and college football show. Jim and I will be there live Saturday morning, breaking down the college football slate. And Kyle, myself, and Gino will be on the BTV show, 4th and Inches Sunday morning. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to give Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 on everything. Also, he's going to be doing a Twitch fundraiser for an iRacer, so make sure to check that out. Give Jimbo a follow at XFL Jim on everything, and also give my boy David better DP21 a follow. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week. Also, I'd like to thank everyone that reached out and wished the kid a happy birthday. Until next week, boys and girls.